Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Nick Henderson. I am a credit coach and also the CEO and founder of Mo Money Solutions, real solutions for real people. This is a financial podcast with an emphasis on credit that's dedicated to but not limited to my beautiful black and brown kings and queens. If you would like more information on our credit services, visit our website at momoneysolutions.com or check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Mo Money Solutions. Also, make sure you guys rate, comment, and share this podcast if you like what you hear. I love you for listening, and now let's get into today's show. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Nick. Um, today is March 8th, 2021. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, my weekend has been a little hectic. Oh, Lord, this move is getting on my nerves a little bit. It's more so the furniture situation. Um, COVID has got everything jacked up, like... There's all these delays and deliveries and just so much drama. Then I finally found someone that could deliver a couch before, you know, the damn springtime. <laughs> Literally, because there's websites that are like, oh, get your delivery by May 15th. I'm like, sweetie, it's March. Uh, I'm not waiting two months for furniture. But anyway, so I found a couch that I really liked from a company they delivered it. They were supposed to deliver it on Friday. Then they turned around and had a delay. They had to deliver it Sunday, which I thought a Sunday delivery was strange. But anyway, brought the damn couch here, and we cannot get it through the doorway of my living room. So we can get it in the apartment, but I have like a little bit of an entryway and then a, a doorway to the living room. And it's too tall to get through. So I had to send it back and get my money back. So now I'm back at square one looking for a damn couch. But anyway, um, other than that, it was a pretty cool weekend. I stepped out a little bit, went out to a little club since they lifted the restrictions here. So we were able to stay uh, at the club until 2 a.m. We've been on like midnight restrictions for since last year. So um, that was cool. And, um, yeah, so that's about it. So, uh, today's episode, I'm really, really excited about, though, because we are getting into the nitty-gritty of credit repair, um, calling this the Credit Makeover Series. Um, it's going to be in several parts. I don't know how many parts yet, but we're getting ready. I'm going to break down each step in the credit repair process per episode uh, for the next several weeks, so... I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but before we get into that, there was this article that uh, a friend of mine sent me. Shout out to Darrell. Um, he sent me this article that was uh, written on thebalance.com. And I thought it was really interesting, so I just wanted to kind of share it with y'all. It was about um, how there's credit invisibility and how it's widening, um, how it has widened the racial home ownership gap. Um, basically the article was talking about how people of color are 
really having a hard time with home ownership and the rates, um, the percentages of homeowners that are of color are very different than obviously Caucasian people. And it's typically because of credit and visibility. And what that means is some people don't have um, a credit file at all or they don't have access to different credit products and services. Um, so some of the quick bullet points in the article, um, which were interesting to me, I didn't notice that 15% of black people lack a credit profile, um, in this country. That wasn't, well, I, it was surprising, but it wasn't, I guess, because I do know, you know, several people that happen to be people of color, black people in particular, um, that are just like, oh, it's not that I don't have bad credit. I, I don't have any credit. So I guess that wasn't so surprising. Um, but still, and it says that um, 9.7%, almost 10% of black people live in areas with limited access to credit products and services. Um, that's very believable um, because honestly, the only um, services that you can get things on credit per se um, in kind of urban communities, <laughs> by the way, I hate that phrase, but anyway, um, it's places like rental center and uh like furniture rent rentals but like that doesn't even go in your credit it doesn't help your credit it doesn't build your credit to make your payments but then if you default they report you <laughs> which i feel like that's just a whole system that's pretty jacked up to me but you know that's how they do us um and you know of course there's always these check cash in places and um you know, you can get a lot of those, you know, prepaid debit cards and, you know, payday loans and all that. But none of that builds your credit. All of it just um, hurts your credit if you default. So I can definitely understand that. Um, and so that's this is very interesting to me. So then also it was saying that 78 percent of black people in this country need a loan when, uh, you know, purchasing a home. So. Obviously, that's the majority. I think for white people, it was like 72 or something. So it wasn't that far off as far as, you know, how many people need uh, a loan when they're trying to buy a home. But, um, yeah, that was really one of the reasons why I one of the biggest reasons why I started this my company at Mo Money Solutions, because I I knew that there were so many black and brown people that just didn't have the knowledge of credit and so as i was saying probably in the first episode like a lot of us were taught growing up like to just avoid it like that credit was bad just pay everything with cash don't get any credit cards because you're gonna get yourself in trouble and you know blah 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 but to be honest credit really is needed in life and especially these times you know, we all need a little extra line of credit if we can get it. Um, and so I think that's really important. So that's really my goal. I can't wait to be able to uh, to more of these COVID restrictions to let up because I definitely, um, you know, I want to do a lot of like those community events and, you know, where you get to set up tables and things like that and uh, for different vendors and all of that because I really want to push credit education in urban communities. Um for sure um I, I just it's just something that i really i'm passionate about um because honestly the knowledge has really 
helped me get out of a situation. It really did. Um, a pretty big one at that. And so, um, you know, the reason I'm sitting in an apartment at this moment is because of me going through the credit repair process. Seriously. So, um, and I haven't paid a dime to anybody. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, um, yeah, so that that was really something. I I was just kind of like, wow. So shout out to Darrell again, my friend. Um, he sent me that article, and I just thought it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, so we can go ahead and get into the nitty gritty. It's time for y'all to get y'all notes ready because we're getting ready to go to credit repair school. So let's get into it. All right, so let's get into it. So, we are getting ready to get into the very first stage of credit repair. So, as I talked about um, within the last couple of weeks, we've we've covered a couple of things. So, I'll like briefly kind of go over those. But if you want more detail, of course, you can just go back to the episodes. Um, but when it's time to do credit repair, the first thing you need to do is assess your situation. We talked about that before. So, you know, actually pulling your credit report. Um, again, you can get your credit report for free um, weekly for all three bureaus between uh, uh, wait until April 1st on annualcreditreport.com. Annualcreditreport.com. You can get all three bureaus. You can download them, save them as PDF files to your computer um, up until April 1st for free. And, um, basically what you need to do, of course, is go through all three bureaus and just start highlighting, just start highlighting, um, all the negative things that you have going on. So highlight all collections, charge offs, um, anything in your public records, like bankruptcies, uh, judgments, tax liens, that kind of thing. Um, that's what you want to do. Um, also, late payments, you can highlight those as well. Even the accounts that are good, just highlight those months that you had late payments, if there are any. Um, and then the other thing you want to do is look at your personal information section and um, highlight all those old addresses and phone numbers, uh, make sure your date of birth is correct, your name listed one way only, um, which I'm going to get into in a minute. Um, but yeah, so you just want to highlight all those negative things, anything that seems inaccurate, um, all of that. You want to just, you know, highlight all of that. So after you do that, um, you want to make sure you go ahead and conduct your security freezes, which I have went into that again on the last episode. Um, but just to briefly go through that, <clears throat> there are some companies out here that are third party uh, bureaus. So outside of TransUnion, Experian and Equifax, there's these third party bureaus like CoreLogic, LexisNexis, SageStream, um, and then I also recommend check systems um, that you're going to go to their websites and 
fill out the online form to do a security freeze. The reason you want to do that is because when we go through our first round, which I'll get to in a minute, our first round of disputes, these reports will be frozen so that way the information they'll have a hard time verifying the information so that all makes sense in just a minute but so those are the two things you want to do first pull your credit report figure out all your negative items on there keep in mind this is if you're doing it yourself you know um not if you're going through a company like myself um but yeah pull your credit report mark all your negative items and then conduct your security freezes most of them are pretty instant maybe just a few days um i think one at the most says it could take up to 30 days but you end up getting correspondence in the mail and things are saying that you know things are frozen and blah 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 and all of that so um after you do that after you pull your credit report and after you uh, conduct your security freeze it is now time to send out your first letter to the bureaus. So before you want to get into disputing anything, um, I don't care what you've heard from anybody else. Before you dispute one thing on your credit report, you want to send them a letter changing your personal information on your credit report. And that is important as well. It's very, very important and when I first started credit repair, um, just for myself, before I went into business, I made all these mistakes. So I'm able to kind of tell you what you can do to make things faster because my credit repair took a quite a while. Um, and it was because there was just so many things that I was doing that I didn't know. And I would learn about it like right after I sent off a letter, literally a week later, I'd find out one other fact and I'd be like, oh, damn. Like, So then I have to wait and go back and do it. And, you know, so it made the process kind of lengthy. But I learned a lot. And one, the first thing that you want to do, which I, I didn't do until later, was send a letter basically stating that your personal information, you want to have it listed to what you what it should say. So on your credit report under personal information, I guarantee you, I don't care who you are. If you look under your report, you will have 100 million addresses um, of places you lived over the years. And you may even have some jobs there posted that you don't work at anymore. Um, you will have several variations of your name, depending on the spelling of your name. Um, like some, for example, my name is Nicholas Henderson. I have a middle initial of K. Some So on my credit report, I had Nicholas K. Henderson, Nicholas Henderson, Nick Henderson, Nicholas misspelled last name Henderson. Um, Nicholas spelled correctly last name Henderson misspelled. Um, it's all these different variations. So you want to pick one that you want to go by. For me, I always say first name, middle initial, last name. You want to have one date of birth. There are some companies that, um, for example, I had a credit card. Um, I still have a credit card, as a matter of fact, with a company that somehow uh they computed my date of birth wrong it's the, the correct date but it's the wrong year and um they told me i would have to submit all this stupid documentation for it to have it changed i just didn't have a change i didn't bother because later down the line if i decide i want to close the account and <laughs> dispute it i'll just dispute that it doesn't have the correct birthday but anyway um 
So you want to have one birthday. Make sure, of course, your social security number is right, but that should be right. Um, but, yeah, so you only want to have one name, one address, one date of birth, social security number. And if you do have a job that is report, because not everybody's jobs report. Um, but if you do have an employer listed, it needs to be your current employer. If you have any other ones, you want those off. So what you do is you just send a letter basically saying so you get the addresses to the uh credit bureaus they are all available online um on their websites transunion experience equifax you have a dispute address as i said before do not do not do not do not do anything online or over the phone um and if you have before it's okay but just don't do it again um <laughs> so your first letter you need to just you know you need three letters because obviously you sent to three different bureaus. Um, in the heading of the letter, you just put in your name, your address. Um, yeah, your name and your address. And then also put their name of the company, the uh, address to them that needs to be in the heading also in the, in the letter that you're sending them. And then you're just going to put like, you know, to whom it may concern um, the following uh personal information needs to be updated on my report or something like that or <coughs> excuse me Ooh, i'm sorry y'all hold on okay Ooh, i'm sorry i do not feel like editing that out so it is what it is um <laughs> so or you want to put something like um the following information needs to be and my personal information and you just want to stay what I just said. So you want to put, uh, you know, the personal information needs to be as follows on my credit report and you just put, you know, how you want it to show your name, your address, your, uh, date of birth, blah, 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 those things. Um, that's your first paragraph. Um, you need to set another paragraph and you just want to put, please update, this information or please delete any other information that isn't referenced above or something like that it doesn't have to be anything super fancy um or really lengthy either um uh, but just say you know please remove you always want to make sure you give a command your letters always need to have kind of like why you're writing the letter the information that you want changed and then what you want to happen so you know you're writing the letter because you notice inaccurate information you state the information that you need changed and then you state what you want um in conclusion and you always want to just you know say you know please delete information you can also do it backwards um where you can say the following information on my personal information section needs to be removed and you can list all of those incorrect uh addresses and things like that but i don't know i wouldn't do that just because i feel like that confuses things and i'll explain why in a second um but that's your first letter that you want to send um attached to this letter and you only do this for the first letter you want to attach a copy of your driver's license and you also want to attach a copy of your social security card. 
The reason you're doing that is because you need to verify your identity. And if you, when you're sending information, sometimes TransUnion is really big on, they're the only ones that do, do this so far. They will send you something back saying, we need to identify you. Please upload this information or send this information. So you're just going to save yourself some time. So just put uh, on a separate page or if you want to get fancy and, you know, do a PDF or whatever, and you can uh, put the copies in the actual letter at the bottom of the letter or something like that. Um, you can do that. But yeah, you need to put a copy of your driver's license and your social security card. Now, this is a, an important step. If your driver's license, the, the address on your driver's license is not current, let's say it's one of those old addresses, you need to um, put, you need to attach another piece of information that verifies your address. So like a copy of uh, your utility bill, you know, just a portion that shows your address um that's the most common one that i would say if you can't get that for whatever reason um a bank statement is also good you know you can a lot of us we don't even get those in the mail you just go online or whatever but you know download the statement and you can send that but that's that's a must if your address is not current and you're trying to you know get information changed you need to verify that address by attaching a utility bill along with your driver's license and your social security card if your driver's your address is current on your driver's license driver's license and social security card is fine so after you get that letter together attach your your documents um you're going to send those letters off now you can submit it certified uh, send it certified or not um Either one is fine. I personally, the first round, I like to do certified just because you have um, that timestamp and the proof of when they get the letter. And it's only going to be a couple of dollars, like a few dollars. It's, it's not expensive. Um, but sending it certified will get you a tracking number. And so that way, you know when they receive the letter and how long they have to make changes. And the reason why that's important is... Credit bureaus have 30 days to respond to any disputes. With COVID, it's now 45. Um, so be mindful of that. And keep in mind, they get literally like 10,000. Each bureau gets like 10,000 letters a day. Um, so, you know, they have 45 days to respond. And they always, they'll always do it mail. You always get something in the mail. Um the thing about that is it's 45 days from the date they receive it. So if you send it off on March 1st, they don't have, you know, 30 days from that date. It's when they receive it and when they've marked it as, you know, processed in the, you know, in the system as receiving it. So keep in mind of that. It's the date of 45 days from the date they received it. If you send it certified, you'll know the date that they received it and you'll be able to count the days because what you do after that 45 days is passed, you can either send a second letter stating that, um, you know, there was no response or you can file a complaint uh, with the company called the CFPB. Um, they basically would be able to get involved and, you know, basically get on their ass about responding to you this is also important that i want you guys to know about sending letters to credit bureaus 
there is no person that's reading your letter. So I know in your mind you imagine, okay, they get all these letters and these bins and somebody's opening the letters, reading them and doing their investigation and making the changes. There's no human interaction besides probably just scanning the letters into a system. So they go into a system called eOscar. So you can always look that up if you want to find more about that. But your letter gets uploaded into a system and gets translated into like a two or three digit code, depending on keywords in your letter. Um, that's why having a simple, direct letter is really helpful because if you're sending a letter and let's say you're wanting, of course, your personal information changed. But if you have all this junk in your letter, um, it will confuse the system and they don't know what category to code it in. And you may get put into a different code that that wasn't why you were actually sending the letter. Um, and so or it will get just completely just kind of spit out, so to speak. And you probably just won't get a response at all. So that's why you really want to make sure that your letter is direct. You use your keywords, things like, you know, of course, personal information, um, update, um, you know, words like, you know, delete. <laughs> I, I know those are like simple words, but those are words that, that, that catches their information, their attention and computes it to the correct code. So that is that's very important. Um so that is your first letter. That is what you are going to send. Um, I do not move forward until you get some sort of response from each bureau regarding that. Um, credit repair, really, you guys, is all about patience. I will say this. A lot of times it does not take the full 30 to 45 days, but sometimes it does, especially because COVID is going on. Um, so just be patient. You will always get the stuff sent to you in the mail on your return address. So, and it will lay out for you what they did, what they didn't do, what they need, and all that kind of thing. And you go from there. What you want to get back is letters that basically show your copy of your credit report and all that information that you want to remove should be removed. If it isn't, you send another letter stating what wasn't removed and yet you still need it removed. But you should be fine the first round. Once you get those responses back, and let's say now your personal information section is the where you want it to be, the next step that you want to get into is now called verification. So verification is very important, and um, it's really kind of the foundation of credit repair and how things get deleted. So a big myth about credit repair is that People think that when you're disputing items, you're telling the credit bureaus, that ain't mine. <laughs> Take it off my credit report. That don't belong to me. I don't know whose that is. Um, that's what happens essentially when you're doing those online disputes. When you do those online disputes, that's what the code is being translated to is that you're saying, I don't have any knowledge of this, this debt at all. It doesn't belong to me. And that's why a lot of times it comes back saying, oh, we verified it. We verified it. We verified it because you've now lied. And and that's basically identity uh, fraud. You're basically saying that you had an identity theft situation and you didn't. 
you know the debt is yours. But that's not important right now. The important thing is it needs to be verified that it is. And when credit bureaus cannot verify that it is your debt, they have to remove it. So this is also another very, very simple letter. Um, every account that's on your um, credit report that is negative, you want to have listed. So you want to start the letter by saying, please provide uh, verification for the following accounts. You want to list the accounts, the account number, and I believe that's it. Yeah, account and account number. The account numbers are on your credit report. Um, some of it just has like the last four digits and, you know, several X's before. Just type it out like that. Um, or the reverse where it has the first four digits or whatever and the rest are X's. Just type those out. Um, so, yeah. So, you want to just put the following. Please verify the following accounts or the following accounts. Please provide. Uh, I'm sorry. Please provide verification for the following accounts. Accounts, names, numbers. Next paragraph under that. Please verify or remove the accounts listed above. You done. That's it. What before I even get into the next thing? Also on your letters is even going back to the first letter, the personal information letter. At the end of the letter, of course, you want to put your name, type your name. Do not sign your name. Um, I don't care. There's a lot of companies out there that tell you like, oh, if you're doing credit repair yourself and all that, you know, they show you all these different things and you do not want to sign the letter. The reason why you don't want to sign it is because what the verification process is, they are now what they say they're doing, but I'll tell you what they're really doing. What they say they're doing is contacting the original creditors um, or the credit, uh, sorry, or the collection agencies and verifying that the debt is yours. Um, how they verify that is basically finding the contract that you originally signed or, um, you know, things like that. Let's just say they couldn't find a contract that you sign your name on. These companies are shady as fuck. They are, this does happen. If you sign your letter, they will take your signature from your letter and put it onto a contract and send it to you and say, yep, here's a signed contract. You signed it here. And you'll be like, mm, I don't really remember signing that or whatever, whatever, but they will take your signature and put it like this shady as fuck, but they will do it. <coughs> Excuse me. So don't sign your letters. Now, as I said, they say that they contact. Let's just give you an example. Let's say you're trying to say verify this Capital One account. I have a, a it's in collections. You think that, OK, someone's calling up Capital One or the collection agency and saying, hey, let's verify Nick's account. Can you give me that information? OK, thank you. It's verified. Boom. I will send Nick a letter now saying that we verified the account. That's what you probably think is happening. But what's really happening is you send the letter. They translate it into that uh, two-digit code for verification. They actually are verifying the accounts through those third-party 
bureaus that I was telling you about, the Lexus Nexus, CoreLogic, Sage Stream, Check Systems. Also, the reason Check Systems is um, important is because if you have issues with like banks, like uh, charge offs and things like that, that'll take you out of you know Check Systems. But anyway, um, so what they're doing is they're sending over. This is all electronic. They're sending over some information to those third parties and they're just matching things up. They're like, okay, do you have that account listed on your report? That Capital One account? Okay, boom. Is it for Nicholas Henderson? Yep, boom. Is it the same address that we have on our credit report? Boom. That's why getting off your old addresses are important. Is the date of birth match? Boom, boom. All right, verify. They send you a letter back saying we verified the account. There's no proof. There's nothing. They literally just play matchmaker they just matched the information that's all they did they took the information they have on their credit report matched it up with one of those lexus nexus sage stream core logic they found it on the report saw that it matched boom done now you're getting something back saying you're verified and now you're frustrated <laughs> so you want to make sure that that's why getting those uh all those old addresses and stuff is very important. Like you're really, you're at a really good advantage if you've moved and a lot of your debt is from addresses from, uh, from old addresses. You're really in a good space because you can get those old addresses moved. It's a little harder when you currently live in the address that all of your collections and stuff in, but it still can be done. Trust me. Cause I've, I've had it done myself. So that is your first round letter. Um, so your, your first round involves two letters, the personal information letter and also the verification. Again, you're going to wait your 30 days. If you want to send the verification letter certified, you can. Um, I did as well with that. Those are the only two letters I ever was sent certified. The other ones I wouldn't really bother, but the, the personal information and verification ones I would send certified just so that way you have that timestamp. Um, from personal experience, I first sent out my verification. I did it backwards because I didn't know. I didn't send the personal information letter um, in the beginning of my credit repair journey. I went straight to the verification. You guys, I sent the verification letter out, and I got deletions the first round from every bureau. So it really does work. And I didn't freeze my third-party bureaus um, because I didn't know anything about that. <coughs> Sorry, I don't know where this little cough is coming from. Anyway, um, I, yeah, so I got deletions. So when I first started out with my credit report, I had about, I had so many charge-offs, y'all. Jesus Christ. I had about four or five charge-offs. Um, and I had, I think, maybe one or two collections. So I had about seven accounts total. I didn't send a personal information um, letter, and I didn't send... Uh, I'm sorry, and I didn't freeze my third-party bureaus because, like I said, I was brand new to it, didn't know anything about any of that. I just sent, and I current, and I lived at the address where all those accounts were. Um, like so, those charge-offs and all that, those were all done at the address that I had that I was living in. So, um, but I sent out the verification letter to all three bureaus. This was literally this time last year. It was March. <laughs> um, yeah, it was at the mid to end March. And um, when I got my reports back out of the seven accounts that I had listed, I got three deleted from Experian. 
No, no, no. Let me go back. Experian was my my problem child. I didn't get any deletions sent get off of Experian. <coughs> they um they sent me back. No, I didn't get a response. That's what it was. I didn't even get things back saying it was verified. I just never got a response the first time around. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, TransUnion, I got three deletions. And then Equifax, they deleted everything. Um, every account that I listed on there completely wiped it out. And I literally went to a 700 credit score um, in like 30 days, like from five something. No joke. Um uh, I don't know what they were, I guess they were just lazy. I don't know if it was just beginner's luck or whatever it was. They But they didn't verify shit. They literally sent me back and it was like, delete, 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 delete. All of it was deleted. So I was excited because I remember thinking like, damn, this this works. So, um, and you just want to go from there. I will get into the second step of that next week. But um, if you don't get all the deletions that you're looking for and what to kind of do from there. But, um that is the first round that is the first round so i I can say this everybody that i've sent letters for first round verification have gotten deletions i've only had one person that i did it um and that was because of identity situation we had to we had to verify his identity um because he moved uh, around quite a bit and so they were basically they didn't even have you know his address on file and everything so it just kind of looked like identity theft or something like that um so we had to get that together but everybody else that i have sent out the first round just to please verify um has gotten at least two or more deletions from each bureau um so it it really does work, guys. And even if you send some stuff and it doesn't, it, and they come back all verified, that's not the end of the road. But like I said, that's next week. So we'll get into that. Um, so obviously, I know I gave you a lot of information. That's why I'm breaking it in parts. But I strongly encourage that you go back and, you know, replay these and, and you know, just take your notes and all of that. Um, if you're going to do, you know, a DIY approach to credit repair. Some people just really don't like doing it. And it's just tedious. It is a bit tedious. So um, that's why you hire companies like myself. So, of course, go to momoneysolutions.com and we'll get you set up for a free consultation. And, you know, we can just go from there. Um, yeah, so I'm going to get into uh, some questions that you guys send in. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, so um, I wanted to just address, <clears throat> excuse me, one question um, that I've been getting quite a bit and uh, from a few different people. So, and the question really is just, how can I build some credit? Um, a lot of you, your credit may not be in really a that bad of a shape, um, but you just don't really have any. And so you want to just build, you know, build a good score. Um top two things that i always say that you should start with is um an installment loan and also a credit card and so this is the way you can do both um and why i suggest both i suggest both because you want to have what they call a good credit mix and 
you want to have installment and revolving credit. Revolving credit is credit cards. Installments are things like loans, your car loan, if you have one, um, mortgage, uh, different things like that. Those are all installment loans. So you may already have an installment loan, but it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to add another. Um, a good installment loan that you would I suggest that I've used personally myself and I, I it's helpful and I like it is self. Um, a self installment loan you can choose the amount of money that you want to quote unquote borrow. The reason I like this is because and you will get approved like it's not a um hard approval process because you're technically not getting the money right now even though it's called an installment loan because it really is a credit building loan so what you want to do uh, you can choose the amount that you want to borrow um, I know the first time I did it I just chose to borrow $500 and then you make a monthly payment of $25 every month until the $500 is reached once it's reached uh, it's kept in like a certificate of, of deposit uh, with a little bit of interest on it um, so you're paying that $25 a month. I, uh, I think you can do it for a year. Um, you can do also installment once for two years. Um, but anyway, uh, once you pay, so let's, let's go back to the example you use, uh, it's a $500 self builder loan, I pay $25 a month for a year. I mean, not a year, two years. And, uh, or is it a year or two years? Shit, I don't remember. Anyway, um, my math is all funny right now but anyway uh <laughs> um you pay that amount of money once you reach the five hundred dollars then the money's sent to you so it's your money it's the check is sent to you or they deposit into your account um and that payment history is being reported to all three bureaus so it's showing that you have an installment loan and that you actually pay on it on time every month I always say get something you can afford because you can do, like I said, the $500 one, I think for $25, but you can do, I think a thousand dollars, but I think it's 49 or $50 a month. So, you know, you don't want to get too crazy and overextend yourself, but, um, if you don't have to, cause the amount really doesn't matter. It's really more so about the payment history. So that's self, um, and that's for an installment loan credit cards. If you can, um, qualify for a credit card kind of off the bat cool um, more than likely if you are a someone who's trying to build credit you probably don't so you're or if your score honestly if your score is less than like 650 um, I wouldn't really bother I would just go for a secured card a secured card is when you make a deposit and when your deposit is actually what your credit limit is and then you make those payments, you know, and you use it like a regular credit card. So Capital One is the one that I, by far I would always recommend you start with um, because you can also get the card um, switched over to a regular credit card after like six months or so. Um, so and you have like better interest rates and that sort of thing. So let's say you apply for the Capital One secure card. You get approved for three hundred dollars, meaning you have to pay three hundred dollars to them at that time to get the card. Um, then the card is sent to you. You have a $300 credit limit every month. Um, after, like I said, if you make your on time payments for about six months or so, um, you can get the card 
transferred over to a regular credit card and a lot of times that comes with a um, limit increase so you'll go from 300 to you know whatever 600 or 500 or whatever or even depending on what your score is you could probably you know get up higher um so that's a good place to start i always say the capital one secure card and self builder uh self credit builder loan those are the two things you want to do just make sure you make those payments on time because if you don't you're going to hurt yourself um so make those payments on time um and that's really the thing for building credit i would suggest those are the two things to get yourself started and um that will really help you build credit history so thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my money podcast um i hope you guys enjoyed this one and uh tune in next week we'll get into the second part of the credit repair journey so i love you for listening